I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Canto by Dispatch. Today I'm Brittany and joining me today as always is my friend Emily Lynn. Hi Emily. Hello. How are you? Are you? <laughs> you go first. How are you? I'm good. I feel bad that my voice cracked while doing the intro but I'm doing good. That's good. Yeah I, I had a great weekend. Um had a lot of wine, boysenberry wine. Ooh. And it was delicious, except like a day later, my body's like, what is this foreign object that you've put inside your body? We're going to punish you. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. So like the whole day just yesterday, I was just like, ah. but I'm better now. That's good. Yeah. How are you? I'm okay. I was surprisingly not very hungover yesterday, considering how much bourbon I drank on Friday night. But I drank a lot of water, too. So, (laughs) What was the special occasion? Well, I was drinking just because the world is on fire and I needed a drink. But then Steel was doing like a late night hyper chat. So I jumped on that. And thinking I would just like chat to steal for a little bit, but then it turned into like a two hour insanity fest. But it was fun. Uh, check out. I would suggest for this one, you ha- pretty much have to watch the YouTube where you will be utterly lost trying to just to listen to it. But uh, look up Steel Wars on YouTube or he said he's going to cut some sort of podcast version of it together somehow. So we'll see. But it was him, um, Josh Chapman was on for a bit, um, Maria from Sisters with Sabres, our buddy Catherine Neen. It was a good group. Good old Catherine Neen. I love Catherine. She's a delight. She's just, it, just perfection. That is what Catherine is. Just so kind, loyal, brave, wonderful. And true. And true. <laughs> loyal, brave, and true. That is Catherine Neen. <laughs> I've been watching too much Jesus Mulan. <laughs> no, we had a good time. And, and at one point, like, Steel had to 
like go like take care of his child so then it was just Catherine and Maria and I and we actually like had like real Star Wars chat once Steel left it was good (laughs) what's there for Star Wars for you guys to talk about since there's no Star Wars news um, we weren't talking about, like, I mean, you know, we sort of took some questions. We talked about, like, stuff we're looking forward to in The Mandalorian. And we somebody had asked, like, actresses we want to see in future Star Wars projects. It was fun. That's good. Sounds like a good time. I know. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good group. I know. I've been meaning to jump in on one of those, like, uh, hyper chat things because, you know, I'm, I'm not doing much these days anyway. So I'm like, it's always like when I get back from a run or something and I see, oh, there's a hyper chat. And I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I get a little shy because it's live. Like, live media is always so nerve wracking because, like, what if you do something bad? I don't, I don't know. I can't think of anything bad I would do. I mean, it's me, but, you know. Yeah, what are you planning on doing? I mean, I don't know. You're going to, like, go on one of your famous racist tirades or something? <laughs> no, Emily, not today. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. It just it seems so much fun. Like, I'd love to join in on one of those the next time, you know, you're all on. So I can just pop in and, and say hello. Yeah, it's fun. I'm glad he, because he was for a while, he was doing them at like three or four New York time. And that like, I, I can't, like I'd sort of, ha- like I could kind of just like listen mm-hmm. to it while at work. But now he's doing them at seven and that works much better for me. That does work. I like that. That's good. How are our dudes? The geek dudes. Um, they seem to be doing all right. This is this is the section of our podcast when we talk about other podcasts. Yes. Yeah, the geek um... dudes corner. <laughs> uh oh! Except they're very mean because they had solicited questions for their podcast because you know there's not much i mean there's no star wars news but there's not much to like pop culture news at all considering nothing's in production right now and everything's delayed mm-hmm. and they asked for questions and i asked them a question and they did not answer my question because chris fresh is a big meanie you know what an interesting fiance chris fresh is you know usually like if you're your partner sends you an email like that's on the top of the list or like up there, you know, like you immediately answer that because it's important. And especially you, you're asking something that's relevant and important and could, you know, spark conversation. But what was your question? Um, my question was what comic book characters who have not yet been adapted to the screen would they like to see a movie on oh man i was gonna see if we could answer this question but <laughs> i have fucking nothing what would you want to see well my answer used to be transmetropolitan because it's this like like future cyberpunky really political comic book that I really love but turns out the guy who wrote it is a huge fucking creep so I don't want to see that adapted anymore um they've done so many that I like 
There is... There's another one, which is, this is, I mean, some of these characters we've kind of seen, but X-Men comics had a comic called X-Factor. And what X-Factor, like, sometimes X-Factor was just, like, another team. But for a while, when Peter David was writing, X-Factor was led by Jamie Maddox, who is multiple man, who we've sort of seen on screen, badly done. But they ran, like, a like a private detective agency. And that, that would be a fun one to adapt. Hmm. Interesting. Or, well, no saga, which is the best comic of all time is probably not actually adaptable because it's the art is too important to it. I remember hearing about saga. I haven't heard of, um, X factor. When I think of X factor, I think of like the, TV show. Oh yeah, but no, X Factor has had many forms. Like I said, sometimes it's just like another like superhero team. But they had a cool version that was this like private eye thing that I really liked. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah, no, but I had like <laughs> it. What I yeah, I had tweeted it to 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 Chris, and then I woke up to a. DM from him being like, I'm so sorry I didn't see your question. But I think he just didn't answer it. I think it was an intentional slight, and my feelings are very hurt. Well, you wouldn't believe the DM that he sent me the other day. I'm sorry, he slid into your DMs? I'm not sure how I feel about that. Yeah, me me neither, because do you know what he said? What did he say? Lego. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> told you and I replied back with Legos with um, hard eyes emojis because I, I wasn't aware of how much he disliked the usage of Legos but yeah he doesn't approve of Legos he is a Lego man no Legos just Lego I think Legos sounds perfectly fine I don't care if it's correct or not yeah, it reminds me of those... One, well, yeah. One Lego, many Legos. Yeah, just, like, it reminds me of the people who, like, you know, there's the people who say at-at, or people who say, like, at-at, and it just says, like, it's the same thing, you know, like, Legos. Like, there's Lego, and there's Legos, and both are the same thing, and both are okay to say. I mean, my thing is, you know, like, when I say Legos, you know what I mean. Yeah. So that's fine. Exactly. Exactly. So, Chris Fresh. What go you fuck doing? yourself. <laughs> Me just being like, what are you doing? You just be like, go. <laughs> oh, that's so us. I think that, I think, yeah, I think that perfectly encapsulates us. <laughs> Oh man, how is the most recent season of The Great British Bake Off going? Because um there there've been two episodes so far. There's been cakes and there's been biscuits. Hmm. I went backwards and watched like the earlier seasons. Um 
I just watched one of the seasons from 2012 and just finished it. And it's nice going back in time and seeing, like, the production quality on that show is so good. It's so hard to tell that it was in 2012. Like, even, like, Mary Berry and Paul Hollywood's, like, outfits, like, you couldn't tell that was 2012 or 2020. Like, they just, they're both so, like, stylish and hip. And, I don't know, it's, it's really good. I don't know half of the things that they're making. And I don't understand how they and why they keep using rose water and things when oh, even the judges don't like rose water. You know why? Because rose water is fucking disgusting. I don't want my just, cake to taste like roses. It tastes like soap. It's so gross. I just, I don't get it. But it's just it's interesting what flavors, you know, they they put in and just you know all the things that could go wrong you know with you know underproofing something or you know one of the challenges you know at the very end like someone accidentally made a dry cake and that just ruined like everything and just it's awful when you know someone like the whole competition is steady and makes great things, and then at the very end in the final, they make a dry cake. Like, that must feel fucking awful. I always feel bad for people, like, when, when their stuff just starts to fall apart. Oh. I know there was this woman, uh, Sarah Jane, who just, like, when things would fall apart, like, she would fall apart and just, she would just stand there and just be like, okay, okay I'm sorry and I'm like I've never related to someone more like just standing in front of like a mess and just being like I'm sorry I'm sorry but this new season's really good um yeah I think so that's good yeah I think we got um a question from our friend Kim on Twitter wondering uh, who your favorite baker is right now. Oh, yeah. There's nobody who's like... I mean, it takes me a while to to get... I mean, sometimes. Like, it, like it takes me a while to like, have somebody who's my favorite. But I really like... There's the, He's not going to last much longer, I don't think. Because so far, he's like over-promised and run out of time on basically every single... Um, task but his name is Rowan and he's just kind of adorable and I also like um, there's two Marks there's Mark with a C and Mark with a K and I like both of them Hmm. and I like um, Sura who has like a lot of influences from like Turkish and like Indian food from her heritage and so that gives some like interesting flavors that I'm not used to Hmm. there's nobody I dislike though that's I mean that's a thing about Bake Off as opposed to like Top Chef in Top Chef there's always somebody to hate because there's always somebody they make like the villain but in Bake Off, most the most of the time, if there's somebody I don't like, it's just because oh, that person's a little bit boring. Yeah, I really like the really like quirky and fun bakers, and 
the ones who you know get like really creative with you know their their cakes or whatever like it was french week one of the weeks and uh one of the men made um like a little pastry like and then they put like a little head on it so it made it look like a a goose or a swan it was i think it was a swan it probably wasn't a goose but because swans are more eloquent but did you see the season with it might have been the one you watched did you see the season with james like the young scottish guy with the glasses yes i love I james. james uh he was so good like that gingerbread house that he like pulled out of his ass <gasps> it- was just so good when he decided it was going to be like a haunted one and like was that was so smart and it was I a guy know. like not panicking he never panicked he was adorable like, he had such a sweet smile like he, and he was only 21 just a little guy i liked him a lot i know i really liked brendan too brendan was so talented but it was it sucked because his gingerbread house was beautiful but Mary Berry and Paul Hollywood hated that he made the roof with just like some breakfast cereal. Like he was going for aesthetics. But I don't know. I thought he was really good. But yeah, James. James was pretty good. He was my favorite from the beginning. Um, who will say I like from that season? Um, God, Ryan's key lime pie. Like that just changed everything. I want to try that key lime pie now, knowing that, you know, that fucking saved him, you know, and got him star baker, like went from the bottom to star baker. Like who does that? <laughs> who fucking does that? Incredible. It's funny too. Cause it's like, I got Carlos to watch it too. Like, you know, I was, I was working out and I was watching it and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm watching this fantastic show. You need to watch it. And like, I swear, last night we were watching it, like, all night. Like, he fell asleep during it, and then he's like, who won? And I told him, he's like, no way. No fucking way. He's like, I need to go back and watch that. Like, I just, I, I love it. It just, it's so fun. Even my dad was like, this is, this is such a nice show. It's good, like, background sound. Yeah. And like, I totally. know. And I've, like, there's ones that I've watched, like, multiple times. Um, it was, like, 2014 is the year they had my favorite guy. Um, his name is Richard and he's like a builder. I love a- Richard. <laughs> I wanted him to win so badly. I was I was upset because he was my like absolute favorite. He was just so nice, and he always had the pencil behind his ear and the little sheriff's and- badge. <sighs> he was adorable. He was just the happiest little guy. I swear. And just the pencil and just how he was such... They loved how he was an architect. Like, he just made, like, so many just fascinating things. And he just seemed to always, like, know what he's doing. But even when he didn't know what he was doing, he's like, oh, well. And he was just, like, when he won, he just sort of be, like, quietly pleased with himself. Yeah. Ah. Uh, it's the nicest show. It is. It's so wholesome. I think that was my favorite season. Like, I loved everyone. I loved Chetna. Chetna was one of my favorites. She's great. Just how she incorporated, you know, so much into her bakes. And, you know, she worked so hard. Like, 
she was really good. Um, I loved the 17 year old. I forget what her name was. It was like Marsha or like it was uh, Martha. Martha. I loved Martha. She was adorable. I liked how like Paul interacted with her mm-hmm. and how because he can be so grumpy, but he was so like like stern dad encouraging that I thought it was very sweet. I know there was the season afterwards with Kimberly. I really liked Kimberly. And then the youngest girl, I forgot what her name was, but I swear like they both always gave each other such attitude. I loved it because Paul's a little cranky and just like when they give it back to Paul, like I just love it so much because he's just so picky with everything. He hates out any form of alcohol inside any pastries (laughs) or any cakes. And then like he's just so surprised when he likes it. And then it's always surprising when like he likes it and Mary's like, this is too much for me. It's like, well, what's the limit? But Mary's wonderful. Like Mary's I love the best. Mary. I'm yeah. I'm sad that she's not one of the judges anymore. But I like I like the like I like the woman who replaced her. I like Prue. But Mary, there's no beating Mary. She was the best. There's no Mary Berry other than the Mary Berry. <sighs> Such a good show. Let me see if we got any other questions on. We, we did. We had a question from Johnny G. And that says, do you miss the hype, excitement, and buildup of an upcoming Star Wars movie? Um, yes and no. Which is, it would be nice to have something to be excited and to talk about. But, like, if there were, like, let's say there was a movie that was supposed to come out and, like, a couple of months I wouldn't want that because then it'd be like I would just be like anxious about you know it getting pushed back and theaters reopening and all of that stuff I do wish we at least had the next movie is being written and directed by blank it is about blank and it's being called blank like that I would like if we were even in like the the stages where we just know hey there's a movie coming out in a year and we know the basic like sketch of it like that would be good yeah i mean i had so many great memories you know correlating with you know my excitement for like the upcoming star wars movies like i remember um you know leading up to the last jedi like that's when i had started at san diego state and you know, just the newness of, you know, being at a new university and, you know, new Star Wars coming out. Like, there's just so much new in my life. Like, that was around the time where, you know, I first started talking to Carlos. And I don't know, like, I feel like since then, just everything else has gone downhill because, like, that was just, like, the epitome of just all good things happening. You know, when the lead up to Solo was just, land and boring and then the rise of skywalker that was fine but if, i mean i just i had a feeling about it i don't know like yeah. i feel like i associated a lot of you know my excitement for you know upcoming movies with you know also 
you know, being a student and, you know, being like, oh, I got to finish my homework or I got to, you know, finish this class because there's a Force Awakens trailer that's about to happen. So now it just it's like, OK, because, you know, I'm not in school. I'm not working. So there's not really <laughs> anything to like keep my mind occupied. Like, I don't know, like how it used to be, you know, with school, with just so many different things. Yeah. I feel like if I had something concrete, like if I knew for certain, like Taika Waititi is directing the next Star Wars movie and it's about Grand Moff Tarkin and time traveling unicorn, like that's at least like, then I'd be like, no. But right now we just know eh, there's like five different people who are supposedly making things and, and 2023, there might be a movie. It, that's not it's hard you know like that's not enough to get excited about yeah it just it's hard to get excited anymore you know with all these rumors going around or I guess it's just like my involvement with it now and how much more it is now versus you know a couple of years back like now like I'm fully in it like I hear those rumors like the second that they come out you know like when I wasn't on social media like I didn't know. Like, I remember getting back from a tennis tournament to find out that Disney bought Lucasfilm and just being like, oh, my God, like, what's going to happen now? And now it's like I know everything that's going to happen, which, you know, it's a blessing and a curse. But I don't know. Like, I've met so many wonderful people, like, through this community. And I feel like I value that more than, you know, the excitement of you know, Star Wars movies, you know, I live through the excitement of others, you know, like our friend Catherine is so fucking excited for Cassian. And I'm like, my excitement for her to watch Cassian is more than my excitement for that there's going to be a new Disney Plus show about Cassian. Yeah, yeah, right. And I'm, I will be really excited for that show. I just, I'm so hesitant right now. I just need it to like start filming and for sure be happening. I agree. And I I think and I hope that when the second season of The Mandalorian starts up that I'll get back into being like super excited Star Wars mode. Star Wars has kind of burned us. Like it's hard to, you know, get like really excited for something like, you know, The Mandalorian is coming up and I just am not too thrilled like I'm gonna definitely watch it when it's on but you know the lead up to it is unlike you know the first season where you don't really know what's gonna happen and you know now that we have several ideas of what's gonna happen and how many people are gonna be cameos in it and that again is like the danger of you know I know too much about this so I have expectations already which that's why I try not to create expectations but also how do you not find out the information that we you know find out it's just it's tricky yeah i mean i mean because I mean, yes we're very much online so there's a lot of stuff that we see that other people wouldn't but then even like apparently the uh german mandalorian instagram accidentally confirmed that uh timothy oliphant and rosario dawson are in the new season <laughs> which i mean look we knew but still seemed to you know be a probably not what they were supposed to do in terms of confirming that news 
Oh, man. I really, really, really want to see Timmy Oliphant. I'm so excited for him. I just don't know what he's going to do. I mean, I mean, who knows? Like, if he's playing Vanth that is in, like, the stolen Boba Fett armor, I'll be pretty excited. But... Come on, I hope that be. I want him to be Vanth just because then he's playing like a space sheriff. He's just so angry in Deadwood now, though, that I'm interested to see how he is not in Deadwood because I just feel like everything is bad for him right now in the show, or just he just always yeah. looks mad. He is mad all the time. He plays he plays mad very well, which is kind of funny because he seems like he's really this huge like. Like, kind of, like, goofball. Because, like, he'll do, like, the goofy comedy shit. Um, but, you know, like, the two, like, huge things he's done are Deadwood and Justified. Where it's all about him, like, playing the most angry man in the world. What an angry guy. He he is very good at clenching his jaw. Hmm. You know, oh, but for somebody who uh, who is not particularly excited about Star Wars right now, I've spent a lot of money on Star Wars shit because I'd, you know, I had gotten the um, the armor special Hasbro edition, and then this week I got um, Cad Bane, which apparently sold out in like fifteen minutes. So I'm glad I was online checking. Uh, our our buddies Ian and Rick, we were all like we were tweeting at each other because like we had been talking before about how we all wanted it, and we were like, okay, so as soon as it goes up, then we'll tweet each other so we know. And so we all three managed to get it. So I'm happy about that. I know I was worried about how fast it sold out. I was hoping that everyone who wanted it got it. So I'm glad that you three were able to. Yeah, I just yeah, I was sort of like I'm like, well, last time things went up, they went up at this time, so I'll check then. And I was just sort of then like checking on the hour. But, oh, and I got, so for a while now, I've been trying, there was this, like, limited edition Rogue One Disney pin, and it's, like, the jumbo pin, and it, it's the, the Death Star, but then the Death Star, like, splits sideways and opens up, and it's, like, a silhouette of, of Krennic and, like, a a Death Trooper, Mm. and I've been watching it on eBay for, I don't know, like, two years, (laughs) And like making offers occasionally because some people want like a hundred bucks. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not fucking paying a hundred bucks for that. But I made an offer at like 35 and the guy accepted it. So that's on its way to me right now. I'm happy. That's not bad. Yeah. I can delete that eBay alert so I don't get alerted now every time they go up. It's one of the only chronic things I don't have. I know. That's like me and. When, like, we were signing up for, you know, Airbnbs in the location for, like, celebration, like, I would have those alerts up because, like, I want a deal. Like, I want a bargain. So, you know, I would get someplace, but I'd always be checking, like, you know, how far is this location from this location? Like, how much would it be per person? Like, I would just, I would always be, like, strategizing. And I'm the kind of person where just, like, I always need that reassurance that I am getting the best price, the best 
just the best everything. So I know how that feeling is when you can finally just be like, check and done. I never have to look at this again. Just how yeah. much relief that is. Well yeah, done. I'm like 35, yeah, 35 bucks with free shipping. So I'm like, fuck it. I just want it. I was in a bad mood and placating myself with um, spending money on shit I don't need. Which is a super good habit and very healthy. And I highly recommend it for everybody. Oh, yeah. I, I Even right now, like the pin. Okay, pin, totally fine. It can add on to the uh, Imperial Jackass Shrine that I have going. But the, the Cad Bane and the armor, I'm looking around going, where the shit am I going to put these things? You need a new shelf of miscellaneous characters. Yeah, but I don't, I need to, like, that would require me to buy some shelves. Like, I need more shelves. That's the problem. Shelving is hard. Yeah. I'll get something eventually. Yeah. Let me see if we got any more questions from anyone. Yeah, it's funny. I think I think Chris Fresh quote tweeted it and he said that he has a ton of questions for Emily and Brittany with a Y. I don't know who that is, but I'm really wondering why, Emily, you have a podcast with also Brittany with an I and Brittany with a Y. I mean, here's the thing to keep in mind is Chris doesn't even spell his own name correctly on Twitter, so... I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too offended by that. No, I'm not. I just I think it's funny because sometimes <laughs> I I read it and I'm like, oh yeah, that's my name. Like I think only like once or twice I have accidentally put Brittany with a Y instead of Brittany with an I. But well, Chris, if you had a question for us, I wish you had asked us a fucking question. I mean, I asked you a question. You didn't answer it, but I asked you a question. Yeah, I mean, but Chris has been asking a lot of questions, you know, for me lately. Like, it's been the Britney show. And as much as I really enjoy the Britney show, like, maybe we should ask Emily some questions, you know? Like, Emily, like, how are you? What's going on? <laughs> I mean, we answer that in the show anyway, so I don't know if that's the best question to send in, but... Yeah, I mean... You know, we've been watching a lot of, you know, Great British Break, Bake Off. You know, we've been, everything's been good. You know, the world is on fire. You know, I had a lot of boysenberry wine the other day. It was, it, it, life's been great. You know, couldn't get any fucking better. No, everything's fine. The yeah. world is completely okay. There's nothing to stress about. No, like at all. Twenty six thousand Disney employees didn't get laid off. Like, just everything's going great. I mean, that's just like I get it. You know, it's 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 a company, and your only focus is on fucking profits. But when you're, you know, one of the biggest companies in the world and you absolutely could afford to keep those people on even if it meant hurting your bottom line slightly you definitely could like 
and people, you know, I've seen people being like, oh, well, they're just a business. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of a, that, yeah, that's, that's a problem. The problem that we just expect that from, you know, from businesses that they're never going to put anything above profits. And even during a fucking global pandemic, like maybe, maybe there's a problem with the system and criticizing that, like you, you don't just shrug it off as, oh, that's just what businesses do. Cause it's really fucked up that that's just what businesses do. And the need to include Newsom in your statement, you know, about his unwillingness, you know, to open up the parks or whatever, like that's, that is bullshit. You know why? Because all of these other parks, what they're doing, which is really smart, is that they are doing like a food and wine festival thing where all the rides are closed, all their employees are still working, you know, but Disney is too much on their high horse to do that. Like, for some reason, they need all their rides open. Like, no, you don't. Like, just if if you really still want to, you know, have your employees, you know, employed, like, just do something like that. Close all the rides. Do like a food festival type thing. You know, a bunch of other parks are doing it. You know, it's it's great because it's like 25 percent capacity. It's not too busy. Like it just it's ridiculous that, you know, Disney is blaming all these other factors on their problems when, you know, they could easily, you know, stop paying their CEOs, you know, full pay and, you know, not just. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you know, the unwillingness to like, no, like it shouldn't have like, like you think you're going to fuck up in pandemic. The state should be like, yeah, it's fine. Open your park completely. Like, no. I just, I don't know. It's, I, capitalism is bad. (laughs) I know that's not like a helpful or revolutionary statement, but capitalism is bad and poisonous and is going to kill us all. It just it hurts seeing all these, you know, faithful employees and cast members tweet about how, you know, they've been working for the company for 35 years, 20 years, and they just got the phone call. Like, it's not fair that these people who have given their lives to this job are getting rewarded with, hey, sorry, you're being cut. You know, like so many people out there who have done so much, you know, so many years for this company are getting shit handed to them and it's it's just really awful that statement was awful you know I my heart is with all you know those employees and the ones who are still you know unsure about you know their future with the company like it sucks it sucks man yeah capitalism but um, do we have any other Star Wars news to discuss? I don't really think that there is anything. We've covered all of the... Oh, yeah. Isn't there a Art of the Mandalorian book coming out soon? Yeah, it comes out December 1st. And um, Phil Sostak, Sostak? Sostak? Fuck, I can't pronounce his name. But he, um, he put some... Preview pages on Twitter that I, I guess were on the like the Amazon preview, and you know it's a lot of like early designs, and there's a couple things of like different iterations of the little space stroller egg, and one of, apparently one of the designs for the little bassinet was 
uh, a backpack. So it's still got the little egg shaped, but it's it's like sort of like open in the middle, and you see Yoda's eyes peeking out, and it's and it's strapped to his back, but also strapped to the Mandalorian's back. There's a little doll. He has a little doll for the baby Yoda. I think it's a little Mandalorian doll. It's somebody wearing a mask. Oh, that's adorable. It's so cute. I can't even stand it. I love some of like the original Baby Yoda art, like the one where his eyes are just huge and just he looks even more like an old man. Like I think that's so adorable for some reason. The one of him just like holding up the frog like it's a prize like he just won. Ah. Oh, adorable. There's a sweet little picture of him like gazing up at um like I think IG eleven. Yeah. And he just I... looks so loving. And there's one underneath it where he has that it looks kind of like the, the big, like, it's the same thing he was wearing before with the big high collar, but the hood is pulled up over his head, so he's, like, all wrapped up in a little thing. Like, he looks like a little worm. I love I'm, Baby Yoda so much. He looks like an astronaut, like, without, like, the little, like, thing on top of his head. You know, he just oh, wears yeah. astronaut outfit. I might have to get that book. Or I'll just like look at all the pictures that like by by the time people are done posting pictures on it, like ninety percent of them will be up on the internet. So <laughs> that is true. I mean, I feel like most of them are up already. But there's some like different costume variations and stuff, which are interesting. Yeah, it's. Fun. I see some. Um, he, an hour ago, he posted some Cantobite ones of some of the casino droids. Oh, cool. The only bad things about when these art books come out is then you get the, oh, you know, the. You get the tweets that are like, the way things almost were in Star Wars. And then Phil will have to be like, well, this was like, you know, this is concept art from before, like scripts were even written. This is not even close to being almost. It's somebody who had, you know, going off the briefest description of a character ever. And it's all very tiring. There'll be like, you know, like 20 screen rants about like alternate versions that were almost on screen. People are just awful. Like, I was searching, like, Star Wars on, um, like, Google before we recorded to see what news would piss me off. And, like, there is something like, oh, um, top ten, like, worst moments in Star Wars are Keanu Reeves as Darth Revan and other Star Wars characters he should play. Or it just... (sighs) Who could play Ezra Bridger in live action? Um, if I could just block screen rant and we've got this covered from my Google search results, I would be a much happier person. Yeah, me too, because I feel like that's like mostly like what 
is on my news feed of Star Wars news, you know, on Google is just this shit. You know, I want to actually find news. Like, this isn't news of, hey, this is what this actor should play in this. Like, no, like, no director is going to go on screen rant and be like, you know what? Maybe Keanu Reeves should be in Star Wars. Like, that's not how it fucking works. <laughs> no. And unless you're Vin Diesel, because literally people are in the Fast and the Furious movies because somebody, like, commented on Vin Diesel's Instagram about how that person should be in the Fast and the Furious movies. The only works for the Fast and the Furious movies. I'll give it that. <laughs> uh, my my fingers are still crossed that that uh, me tweeting about wanting Ben Mendelsohn to play a character in Wanderers and uh, Chuck saying that was a great idea means it's going to happen. Oh my god, that'd be brilliant. <laughs> that's my that's my that's my one true wish. It's for that to be willed into the existence through the power of me wanting it really badly. How is Ben Mendelsohn doing? We haven't heard from him at all lately. I don't know, because nothing's really happening. Like, it's, you know, he's doing that Sierra, that Sierra musical is the last thing I heard of. You know, he is truly, like, the the socially distant pandemic man. Because, like, <laughs> we haven't heard him do anything. Like, we he he doesn't do much. He's been laying low. Like, he gets the award for, you know, being the best during these awful times. Because, like, he's not doing anything bad. Like, he's not, you know, going to these, like, celebrity things. Like, he's not, like, I, I don't know. Like, he's just good. He's a good man. Not getting. Well, he's always, I mean, he's never, like, I mean, besides, like, posting, like, album covers on instagram he doesn't he doesn't use social media so it's not surprising that you don't like hear a lot from him i mean especially right now where social media is the only way to hear from people yeah i kind of like it you know the mysterious factor of it you know because it makes me sit back and really think like what is ben mendelson doing here's what i want i mean like just don't say anything that makes me hate you please i don't want to have to hate ben mendelson yeah that's why i like that he doesn't say anything because it's a mystery But also, how's uh, Vin Diesel doing? Your Vin Diesel podcast is doing well? Yeah, it's going okay. Um, Fast and the Furious 9 just got delayed a couple more months because um, James Bond got moved to April and Fast and the Furious was going to be in April. And they saw saw the Bond was moving there and went, "Uh, probably we shouldn't come out that weekend. So it's going back a couple months. But we'll be, I mean, we'll, I mean, we'll have moved on from Vin Diesel by then anyway. I mean, we'll go back to that when that comes out. But we only have a couple more episodes to record on our Vin Diesel movies. But we never necessarily move on from Vin Diesel. Like, Vin Diesel's like family. (laughs) I mean, we'll always talk about him, but we'll run out of movies to watch. Yeah. So in a couple months, we're starting a a different one. Who I'm excited for. It's going to be a wild ride of a lot of terrible movies that I hate. Ooh, I like the pun of a wild ride because he's always like in a car or something. 
Like, <laughs> very good. Very good. Um, is there anything else going on? No. I, I think we've covered everything. You know, Star Wars, baking, Geek Dudes Corner. Picking a fight with my fiancé over the word Legos. I mean, we have to. What, what, what are we doing now? You know, like... Yeah. I'm just going to continue now to hit that ass as hard as I possibly can. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. I do need to buy some more Legos, though. I need a new set because I like to put them together. But they're so fucking expensive. We were just talking about that last week, but... I know Carlos has, like, a Lego table in here just, like, full of Legos. And, like, it just, it's funny because it's, it's like, I, I feel like I want to put them all together because, I mean, like, he's just so busy that he can't. And I'm just like, let me do it. Let me, let me put them all together just so that there's no, like, stray Legos on the table. I like to put them together, but then I'm like, I don't have any more display space. So even if I get something else, I don't have anywhere to put it. But I like to put them together. I find it very soothing. And not like the, you know, like the big bucket of Legos and then you make your own thing because I'm not creative enough and I can't like see like ahead enough to be able to develop anything other than here's a big stack of Legos. But if I can follow instructions and then make like a ship or a porg, then I'm happy. Yeah. I know. It's just, it's hard, like, figuring out where for it to go. And, like, having to create space, you know, for that. You know, that's why I can't buy a lot of porgs anymore. It's because, like, I have no space. Yeah. Hmm. Well, um, do you want to talk about Deadwood now? Uh, sure. Do we want to do email oh. first? We do want to do, oh, yeah. Oh my god, I always forget email. Let's do, yeah, let's do email first, because then people who aren't watching Deadwood can tag out. Yeah. Do you want to read the email? Sure. All right. Hi, Canto Biters. Sarah here, longtime fan, first time emailer. I was hoping to share a few thoughts with you regarding some of the goings on Disney, Star Wars, Mando, Whoever you want to point the finger at here. Sorry if this becomes a bit of a ramble. I'm a bit nervous. As a member of the LGBT community, I'm based on the T part. I'm really disappointed with the way things are going. Particular, particularly the continued casting of Gina Carano and also Rosario Dawson. I'm aware that Dawson came out as queer this year, but that doesn't give her a free pass to be transphobic. Not going into full details, or this email would be too long, but I struggled for a long time with my gender, to then come to terms with it and think for years I couldn't do anything about it, to then do something about it and yet still go through hell because of the unacceptance of others. So when Carano does the kind of thing she did on Twitter and then doubles down, it hurts. It's painful because it is a personal attack on me. She is saying I am not worthy of being human just because I had a medical issue. She's also saying to her fans that to treat trans people as subhuman is fine and acceptable. It's not. It's a similar case with Dawson and the way she made transphobic comments and misgendered a trans man. In the case of Dawson, Disney could have easily cast someone else in the role of Ahsoka. Zoe Saldana, for example. 
This would have been Disney and Lucasfilm saying that they don't support views, but they chose not to do that. Similarly with Grano, they could have said Cara Dune wouldn't be in season two. Just write the character off without a mention. It's been done before. Star Wars fandom has been a great space to be trans. With the variety of characters that are accepted, my gender isn't questioned, so I could relax and enjoy the experience. Now I just don't feel comfortable watching the show or participating. If I'm not worthy of being accepted for who I am, then Star Wars isn't worthy of my fandom. I know I'm not alone here. I've spoken with a number of gender-diverse people who are all feeling the same way. We are angry to varying levels. We feel uneasy being in the space. We feel like the, the call has been made by Big Mouse that we don't exist. I'd just like to finish off by saying that the way you both have commented on this situation is great. It is really appreciated to know there are people out there who care and are willing to call it out when things suck. Thanks for the great podcast and keep up the great work. To finish off a random question, would you find it more as embarrassing if you were on Cantabite and complaining about people perking on the beach or being drunk that you didn't know BB-8 isn't a slot machine? Hmm. Um, kind regards, Sarah. Um... Thank, thank you so much for for your email. Um, thanks for sharing part of your story with us. Um, I'm I'm so sorry that that Star Wars has let you down in this way, and it's something that that they've just ignored, and that's so. Like, I, I don't know what to say other than it's fucked up and wrong and I and I can't be like oh you know like let's, let's give it another ch-. like I totally get bailing I totally get leaving because why like you said like why support something that doesn't support you on even like the most basic level it's wrong and it's dumb that you know Star Wars hasn't come out and you know apologized and just it sucks and I'm sorry for everything you know that you have to go through Sarah and that this is just all so shitty they're hiring these shitty people who you know don't respect people and don't respect you know just very fucking basic things and it's annoying that you know, people always sympathize with Star Wars and be like, oh, you know, it's for everyone. And like, no, it's 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 becoming evident that it's not because it's not treating all of us, you know, like we belong here and that, you know, we should be here because, you know, you have Gina Carano out there like just, you know, saying fuck you to the trans community. It's and and, and there being no consequences for it. And that's the thing that's the shittiest is that there are no consequences, you know, like that makes me so angry when, you know, someone does something super fucked up and they don't get punished for it. And, you know, these actors like Gina Carano and Rosario Dawson, like, you know, people are starting to find out about Rosario Dawson, like fucking good. Like she and her family did really awful things to a, a transgender person. And I know that she came out earlier this year and, and, you know, she shared that, you know, she was queer, but that doesn't cut it. You know, we got to treat everyone, you know, how we would want to be treated. 
And, you know, Star Wars isn't doing that. And it just, it's so unfair. And I, I'm sorry that, you know, you feel like, you know, you don't belong. Like no one should feel like that in this community. And the fact that Star Wars is making people feel like that, it's awful. And it makes me sick. And, and the like, you know, like Brittany and I like talk about it because like we have to we have a like if you have a star wars podcast and you just brush that aside as oh we don't want to talk about that because that's a bummer like honestly like go fuck yourself like these are people who who like you know like say they don't like what you know gina said and that they they don't you know they don't agree with their comments but aren't willing to actually like stand up and say hey this is fucked because you'd rather just like talk about whatever fun little thing you have like you can't this is important this is people's lives this is like just like blatant ugly discrimination and if you can't like call that out because you want to just continue to enjoy this woman being in like like she plays a character you like like i don't like that doesn't there's so much more important than that and to just like remain silent or to brush it off is infuriating yeah you really can't you know brush this stuff off you know you know people try to turn this into like a political thing like this these are political issues you know gina carano that's just you know her right like no fuck her this this, this is a human human rights issue like this isn't political like this is so important you know everyone in this community should feel you know welcome and safe and people like her are making people feel not welcome and not safe and that's fucked up you know for them and for star wars to not go and do something about it you know to you know like what sarah said you know write out gina carano's character or you know not use ahsoka we don't fucking need ahsoka tano we don't need rosario dawson like it just it's infuriating that these people are doing these really shitty things and aren't being disciplined or you know being punished for it like literally cast like you want to have ahsoka literally cast any other black woman as ahsoka like why because like a bunch of people a couple years like and in the past few years have made fan art of her as a as live action ahsoka she's the one you gotta use come on yeah like going back to you know the question that we got about you know if we miss the excitement you know that star wars would give us you know i say no also you know because of this because star wars is making me you know feel annoyed and feel sick that it's treating people like they're not worthy or like they're not it's it's ridiculous it's ridiculous that you know something like star wars could really make you know people feel like that and that they don't give a shit and it's awful like they should like we do everyone should like this shouldn't be a thing that should be happening in a community in a fandom in a company but it fucking is I'm I'm just like I'm not willing to accept transphobia as just being somebody's opinion. Like I'm not going to accept somebody being a Nazi as just being somebody's opinion, so why would I accept this as being somebody's opinion? Like if you're saying that trans people are less of less of a person or don't deserve the same rights as other people, then you're like you're a bigot and I don't like I'm not going to like just 
that's not just like a oh you know it's just something we don't agree on but at the end of the day we're still friends like no we're not no. still friends and this like i want i want to be able to be excited about star wars but i mean look at all the shit like you know Calamite Tran being totally sidelined in Rise of Skywalker, which, like, you can talk all you want about, oh, you know, like, story changes and blah, 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 but it, like, I'm never going to think that it wasn't a reaction to the disgusting vitriol that, you know, people threw at her online and caving to the worst part of fandom. And, I mean, that... That followed by all of John Boyega's, um, like revelations and how like open he was about his experiences, and the stuff with Gina Carano and the absolute silence from Star Wars and Lucasfilm and Disney. Uh, I don't know. It's becoming hard to to support something that, you know, doesn't support our transgender friends, our non-binary friends, our queer friends, you know, our friends part of the LGBTQ community. Like it just, it's, it's becoming so hard to sit here and, you know, just to see the behavior that's going on and just seeing a lot of our friends hurt. It's not fair. It's not right. And it makes me feel really shitty that, you know, so many people, you know, sideline these, these terrible things and, you know, play them off like we shouldn't, you know, we should be up here, you know, yelling at the rooftops that this behavior shouldn't be tolerated, you know, that they shouldn't be casting these people that Gina Carano is out of her fucking mind for going on Twitter and talking about, you know, just human rights things like it just it's ridiculous, like that she doesn't respect people. And it sucks. And, you know, there are, there are good people, like, doing stuff for Star Wars where they can, you know, like, Squadrons just came out, and, um, Mitch Dreyer, uh, who, um, was one of the writers on the game, like, he tweeted about the fact that, um, uh, one of the, one of the characters, um, Keo uses they, them pronouns, and it was like, hey, please use they, that. Like, now that people are starting to tweet about this game, please make sure that you're using they, them when you're talking about this character. But, you know, like, he's he's a guy who wrote a game. And so, like, he doesn't have the power to make decisions of this other shit. And I'm like, I'm glad he's there to do what he can. But it's just, like, it's not enough. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I I feel so bad. Like, I'm sorry, Sarah. I'm sorry for all of our, you know, friends and family out there who's been really hurt, you know, by Star Wars, you know, but, you know, I'm also thankful that, you know, we can sit here and discuss this. So we can be, you know, the voice of reason for, you know, and sit here, you know, and be honest with each other that Star Wars isn't making great decisions, you know, with casting, with just a bunch of things and that it just... It's wrong. And it's just, it's, it's frustrating. Like, 
I mean, it's a myriad of other things, but it's frustrating because, like, I, I, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand how these people who, and you know, Karana, whatever, she's like this, like you know, like Trump supporting, like anti-mask, whatever the fuck. Like, I don't, like, she's shit. But all these people who who I agree with on so much who are, you know, who consider themselves liberal, who are supportive of other queer issues and who are, you know, like, like loudly, you know, would loudly speak out against like racism or, or anything else. But when it comes to trans issues, like that's where you, that's like, you have this sudden, like, I, I don't, I, I can't understand it. I can't understand how somebody else's gender affects you at all. It's mind boggling to me that, you know, that's a thing, you know, like I, you know, fully support everyone. And, you know, if someone wants to go by, you know, certain pronouns or, you know, non-binary, like, yeah, totally. That's perfect. Like, you know, I want to respect those around me and you know I want everyone around me you know to feel comfortable and to feel like you know they're worthy like I don't get why that's such a fucking hard thing to do you know if someone wants to go by different pronouns like that's awesome like let them fucking do it you know if you know it just it's ridiculous like we should treat everyone with respect with dignity with all of these things we should make people feel comfortable and I don't know why that's so hard and I just feel so bad that people don't have the mental capacity to fucking do that and to treat people how they should fucking be treated like it just it doesn't make sense to me that they don't support people wanting to feel like they belong on this earth like it's dumb like that's such a big fucking deal that people suffer with you know they suffer with you know depression because of this anxiety you know people commit suicide over stuff like this you know why can't we just agree to treat these people how they want to be treated you know they want to we should just let people be people let them be who they want to be and support them that's all they want that's all we should give them is support and cheer them on and just appreciate them of who they are as human beings and that you know they do belong here we should tell them we should appreciate them like it just it it's ridiculous that people don't see that in people try to be like I'm a good person no you're fucking not yeah and I just I don't know um thanks for writing in Sarah um I I wish I could offer you anything other than I'm just really sorry and I, I hope that things get better um I hope that I hope that Star Wars gets better, but I also not gonna blame you for like leaving it in the rearview mirror because it, it's all like I mean you know like too little, too late, and right now it's not even too little; it's nothing. Yeah, thank you for writing in, Sarah. I'm sorry that you know you're you're dealing with so much, and you know I'm thankful you know that we're here, and you know email us you know whenever like I'm so happy that you you know wanted to share your story with us and 
you know, just communication is just so important. And I'm really glad that you emailed us and, oh, we need to reply to the last part of Sarah's email about um, if you would find it more embarrassing. Which is is more embarrassing, getting yelled at about parking or drunkenly thinking BB-8 is a is a slot machine. I really respond badly to getting yelled at. And I think if the uh, candle by police were yelling at me about parking on the beach, I'd be more embarrassed about that. Cause I don't think many, no, I don't think many people saw the BB eight slot machine thing. So that's just a, you can be embarrassed about privately. Yeah, I agree. Like I, I'm very anxious in parking lots and I always make sure that Carlos is shaking his head right now. Like, yeah, she's fucking anxious in parking lots. She can't even fucking park. But no, I'm kidding. I'm okay. But um, like, because there's all those signs that are like, you can't park here after six o'clock, but after eight o'clock on Monday through Thursday, but Wednesday, you cannot absolutely park here. Like it just it's it's just so much pressure. So I definitely would would not fear the bb8 part about how being so drunk that i think that bb is a slot machine because like i probably would do that but also i never want to be near a slot machine ever again in my life so oh yeah that's understandable yeah yeah it's it's great not having to hear slot machines anymore it's it's great you know that i can consider BB-8 being a slot machine because that's probably going to be like the cutest little slot machine I would ever see in my lifetime. So yeah. But yeah, the parking, yeah, parking is more embarrassing. Like BB-8, that's fine. Like that happens. Like. But yeah, thank you, Sarah. Um, do you want to go through Deadwood real quick? Yeah, let's talk about it. Um, this is season two, episode six, something very expensive. Uh, it's a real fucked up episode. It's very disturbing. It's hard to watch. It sucks. Um, so there's some like, you know, like not terrible things that happen that are nice. Um, Alma has a meeting with Saul Star because she wants to start a bank and wants him to be in charge of it. And she's there with him and Ellsworth and um, gets sick. And the dude's just sitting around being very awkward about it. Um, Let's see what else. Al is taking meetings again. Like they, like Johnny and Dan have to like put him in his chair and straighten him out. But he's managing to pretend that he's a lot better than he is. And he gets all the various news about the shit that's happening. Um, let's see what else happens. Oh, uh, so Ellsworth, because he's not dumb, knows that Alma's pregnant and the only thing he could think to do is go to talk to Trixie. And eventually Trixie gets it through Ellsworth's head that she wants him to propose to Alma. 
because being, you know, in the 1800s in Deadwood and the fact that everybody would know it's Bullock's and Martha's there and all the shit that would cause. If Ellsworth marries her, then everybody can pretend that they think it's Ellsworth's baby. Yeah. And I love I love how concerned Trixie is about it. That she's worried about Alma, she's worried about Martha, who she doesn't even know, and she's worried about about William, that he would have to like live with that. Like knowing that that Bullock And I just think that's really I, I think it says a lot about Trixie. Even though she hates the shit out of Bullock. Oh yeah, she fucking hates him. I mean, well, this is also like this is part of the reason that she hates him. Is because he's creating so many fucking problems in this town. Yeah. And is so like self-righteous about it all, and is all his stuff with Al. Um, there's a great scene with when she's telling um when she's giving the updates to Al, and then she's talking about she's talking about having having sex with Saul and how how he always likes to gaze into her eyes all longing like <laughs> and how how weirded out she is by it. <laughs> And considering that's something that I've brought up many times when we've been doing Bad Watch or Fuck Mary Kill, I just it made me laugh really hard. I know, just her talking about it with him was just just so funny because I can't imagine like talking to like a previous sex partner about like my current sex partner and being like, <laughs> "Let me tell you what this motherfucker does. He looks into my eyes. Like, what am I supposed to do?" It's funny, um, but I guess the. Uh, the big thing that happens this episode is Psy tries to blackmail Mr. W by saying that he knows um, that he's into um, beating women and um, possibly killing them and that he's going to tell Hearst this and Mr. W tells him that Hearst already knows about this and then completely loses his mind and kills Doris who is the um, woman at the brothel who Sai had sent to spy and make sure everything was going on there he kills Carrie the woman who they brought who he was interested in who they specifically brought in for him and then kills um, Maddie, the other um, brothel owner, um, who had Joni was there. Maddie sends her away, and Joni goes to get Sai, who comes to basically clean up after him. It's horrific. It's really, really scary and awful. I just, I don't, like, what happens now to Joni? Like, I just, I feel so bad that, you know, she was semi-successful, you know, with this this brothel. And that now it's just gone to shit. Like, she had to have the other girls, you know, sent away just so that he wouldn't kill them, too. Like, what does this mean for her and her future? Like, I hope this doesn't mean she has to go back to Psy. Like, it just, it's so shitty. And what happens to Mr. W now? Like, does he get away with this? Like how does this lawfully happen 
what's scary is how calm he is the entire time. Um, we don't we don't see him kill Doris. We just see her body. Um, we do see him slit Carrie's throat, and we also see him um, kill Maddie. And it's just like he's just just so calm the entire time, and it's fucking awful. It's, yeah, it sucks. It just, it's gross. Like, he just, I don't even want to look at him. I didn't want to look at him before when he was the other character. I don't want to look at him now. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, it's, I mean, it's a brilliant performance. Like, it is so psychopathic and awful, but it is also, like, riveting because it's just, you know, so many of the deaths we see in Deadwood are, like people being angry and fighting like we'll get these big like you know scenes like that or we'll get you know gunfire but he's so calm the entire time he's doing this shit and he even like when after he kills Doris it is in the room with Carrie he's having this whole like conversation when she's basically like so what happens now and he's like I don't I don't want to have been seen And it's, it's not even in a, like, you could, you know, like, you know, tell the sheriff I killed this woman or something. It's that, like, he had been vulnerable with her. And I think that's really why he kills her. Yeah. I just hate that he kills all these nice fucking people. Like, I just don't know who else he's going to kill. I mean, Maddie, look, like, it's awful that he kills her, but, I mean, her whole plan was to get him to, like, that's why she brought Carrie there, is that he would probably kill her and then have to pay her off. So, like, her dying is, I mean, it's still awful, but somewhat you know you can kind of go okay it's a little bit justified yeah i just feel really i bad do for yeah oh i just oh it's so heartbreaking what were you gonna say what i was gonna say is i'll i'll say this for a sigh and it's it's not even like a good thing but i do think it's interesting which is he's not okay with this like, he was willing, and he, like, obviously still willing to blackmail him. But when Joni goes to get him, he looks so scared about what he's going to walk into. And it's interesting because he, like, he really is sickened by it. Which you wouldn't expect with how, like, all his bravado when he was talking to him earlier about how, you know, I'm willing to keep this information a secret if blah, blah, blah. And immediately protecting Joni. Yeah, like, he cares. Like, he puts this front up that he's just this careless asshole, you know, controlling too. But he does care. Like, you know, he went over there and, you know, it. it he is trying to pick up the pieces. And he is... You know, trying to help as much as he can. And he's probably just as shocked as everyone else that this fucking happened. 
Yeah, and he's going to continue to be awful. No worry, he's a terrible, terrible man. But he is at least like he is at least willing to protect Joni. Mm-hmm. And like making sure like that Wolcott doesn't think Joni will be a problem. Yeah. Awful. Deadwood's awful. Oh, and um, I forgot. Miss um, Isringhausen and Mr. Adams are talking to Al. And because he is much smarter than Mr. Adams when it comes to this type of thing, he, Al immediately knows how like full of shit she is and that she is actually working for the Pinkertons. And what they want is for Al to say that Alma hired him to kill Brom. So he'll write a letter of confession. They'll let him disappear. And then Alma will just be left like responsible for it all. Now there's a couple of mistakes here on her part, which is Al's not leaving Deadwood. Like, you know, he give him like she offers him like 50 grand or whatever. And, you know, yeah, no. he's like, give me a day to think it over. But I mean. So we'll still wish she, he has not answered her yet. But I will say this because I talked last week about how I don't like Sarah Paulson and I don't. But the switch she makes here is some really good acting where I mean, for, it's like I feel bad for Mr. Adams, but him watching this like and like I mean, first of all, he feels bad because he liked this woman. He also feels like he she, like she made him look super dumb in front of his boss, which she absolutely did. But I do I do like the performances there when they're later in bed together and she's talking about how she had her job before this was like captaining a steamboat. And the way she had like gone from like the nervous governess to the ice cold bitch is it's really good. I like how he's mad at her and she's like, come upstairs and fuck me. And he's just like, okay. (laughs) (sighs) What a man. He's so pretty. I know. Um, we had interaction with uh, Mr. Wu and Al, though, too. Oh, yeah. Because uh, uh, the San Francisco cocksucker is <laughs> is in town now. And, like, Al knows he's, like, now, and they have brought in women for whatever they're setting up. And it's, like, it looks, it looks like, like, in really bad condition and just in this, like, obviously, like, you know, like, just in, like, crammed into this wagon. And it's, it's, it's upsetting. Yeah. So, Al, yeah. And so, we get, we get a fun Al and Mr. Wu scene. And um, Al's going to try to work on that. And Al figures out that the San Francisco guy is connected to Hearst. It's all connected. Also, Alma has that meaning about, you know, creating a bank and Saul is there because she wants Saul to be like um, a commissioner or something or just something in charge. And then Seth gets mad 
And then he's like, oh, man, I'm sorry. And then Saul's like, yo, I think Alma's pregnant. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yikes. Yeah, so Seth now knows that. I, I did like I like earlier when when they're when they're when he's first because Seth gets mad because obviously they had had the idea for a bank before, but mm-hmm. Seth didn't want to ask Alma's investment in it. So he and Saul are fighting about it, and Saul says, "If we keep if we keep we're done talking about this because if we t- keep talking, we're going to fight, and then we're going to have to stop while I convalesce." And I thought that was very cute. I know. He's just a precious guy. And also, Seth calls Trixie a whore and then apologizes for it. And Saul's response is, is, that wasn't new information. And I'm just like, I love the fact that Saul isn't bothered by it. Like, he is, like he cares about her and he wants her to, like, not have to do that anymore. But it doesn't bother him. Yeah. Just loves her, and I like they're very sweet. They're my favorite. I love them so much. What a supportive, uh, that I don't know. I, I wouldn't consider him Trixie's boyfriend, like Trixie's co worker. <laughs> what a supportive co worker! <laughs> yeah, what an episode! It was jam packed with information and gore and. Mr. Wu, I just, I love Mr. Wu. Mr. Wu's great. Yeah. Well, anything else you want to add? I don't think so. I think that wraps it up. Um, How about you? No, I think we we wrapped up everything. You know, we, we discussed a lot during this episode. Yeah, um, we are on Twitter and Instagram at CantobitePod. You can send us email at CantobitePod gmail.com. Um, send us, you know, thoughts, questions, fuck, Mary kills, whatever you want to do. Um, I am on Twitter and Instagram at EFLind. Brittany, where are you? I am on Instagram as Brittany the Ginger. Yeah, thank you everyone so much for listening and we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Here we go. Yo, 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 and away we go It's time to serenade my girl Lindo Sorry the ladies where I had to say no But if I'm cheating on Serena, it's on Canto No shame in the game Make even Rogue One seem tame But I blame it on Brit with a ginger main main Yeah, that's fire Love on the rocks leaves the love on my socks Lindo fanfic leaves y'all shocked Especially when y'all truly whips out his cock Canto bite Episode 100 Hey yo, I'm back, no fulcrum this time I'm on a flight to the bay and I'm writing some rhymes My top three running through my head, you know So I had to come correct when they hit the hundo My girls E and B deserve congratulations Our adulation for the weekly creation My last celebration was all about them But this time I gotta drop lines for our friends This is for the bitches, strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches, all the canto bitches This one's for my bitches, only for the bitches Throw your hands up, bitches, all my can
Canto bitches. Start off with my Aussies, Catherine's a sweet one. Brought cash into lunch with Canto bitch number one. Josh made it a team and had bourbon and cornflakes. The kind of ice cream that made him show me his old face. Got to meet Turbo and throw back some brews. Fish tacos and San Fran, you know we approve. Rebecca from Perth, I haven't met you yet. Last shout to Fushi, dude, I didn't forget. This is for the bitches, strictly for the bitches. Give it up for the bitches, all the Canto bitches. This one's for my bitches, only for the bitches. Throw your hands up, bitches, all my Canto bitches. Rabia and Adele often email the show. I cut a track on them trolls with Johnny Grasso. Jesse McGee busted a rap for me. Met her and Horse B at Scum and Villainy. King Tom, Death Watch, the most regal of fathers. Got to behold the luscious locks of Strata. Shouted Rusty last time, so I shout a Rush too. You know the list ain't complete without Lesson Boo. This is for the bitches, strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches, all the Canto bitches This one's for my bitches, only for the bitches Throw your hands up, bitches, all my Canto bitches Now if I didn't say your name, don't feel no shame You love the fun, the games, and refresher bangs Hang on every word of Lindo's fanfic Where she describes every vein in Mendo's dick Spread the word, maybe buy a t-shirt I don't know, maybe ask the girls if Yaddle squirts Take your CBD, send in your top three, And you'll always be a bitch like me Get him, Eric.